Welcome to the Strategic Planning Podcast with financial coach Mike Flanders. With more than 40 years of experience in the financial services industry, Mike knows the X's and O's that'll help you achieve your financial goals. It's time for the Strategic Planning Podcast. Back here for another edition of Strategic Planning with Mike Flanders. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. And this week, we're going to talk about financial world's dirty little secrets. Oh, boy. <laughs> that sounds yeah. interesting. Uh, so yeah. we're going to get into that in just a minute. Mike, what's going on, buddy? How are you? I'm doing great, Mark. Uh, just uh, loving a little bit of break in some of the rain that we've had at the time we're recording I'm this. I'm telling you what, right? A little warmer, you know, a few weeks back, a month back, whatever it was, we were in Texas and you know got out just ahead of that really icy cold. And we got a lot of it here. Not quite as bad as they did, for sure, but yeah. uh, it's nice to see spring looking like it might be out there somewhere. I'm with you. We had three or four days uh, here in a row in the middle of North Carolina where it was pretty nice outside, and I think yeah. the trees immediately said yes, because the next day we had some rain, and there was the little pollen streams all over my pool cover. So yeah. I figured the, the trees were, they're waiting on it. They are absolutely waiting on the warm days to start doing their thing. No, that's so. interesting that that was, you, you uh, observed that. I, I noticed something the other day that made me think about it was I've driven a fair amount in, throughout the state here in the uh -huh. last few days. And I noticed that I'm getting a lot of bugs matched on my windshield. <laughs> yep. They're getting out and about. I guess this yeah. year is the big cicada event. I think this is the uh, 17 year, uh, whatever, a billion of them come up out of the ground or whatever. Okay. So, yeah. So it could be quite the, the buggy year. We'll have night concerts for sure. I guess. Yeah. Well, I guess, you know, one of the things about a, a prolonged, damp, colder winter is hopefully it kills off some of the bugs. So with, uh, with the cicada event, maybe it will... It'll even out. We'll see. Who knows? But yeah. anyway, that's nature's cool. dirty little secret. Let's talk about financial <laughs> world's dirty little secrets. If you understand some of these things, Mike, it might help you cut through the clutter as to focus on what's important. So let's have a fun. Mm. Let's have a little fun with some of these things here. <laughs> this first one's pretty interesting. Most of the time, nobody really knows what's actually going on. <laughs> I love that, and <laughs> and I love the way you said it too. That is great. You know. We talk about this all the time that there's nobody that has a handle on the future. There's nobody that can accurately predict it, that can consistently predict it. There right. are people that come along and, and, you know, prognosticators, gurus, whatever they want to call themselves. And periodically they'll hit it. You know, they'll say something and, oh my goodness, it comes to pass fairly soon. Uh, not like some people where they said back in 1989 that the market's going to have this dramatic crash and it didn't happen until 2008, but they said, I called it in 1989, <laughs> right. uh, yeah, you know, things like that. Right. But, uh, you know, it, it is it's so interesting that there still is this market for these predictions. And, and they, they have, you know, for the most part, they, everybody knows they have a tough time explaining why it happened, you know, what, sure. what, what actually happened in the past. You know, when you think about all the things that go into making markets move, if that's what we're going to talk about is, is stock markets or bond markets moving, you know, we, we can look at macro things that occur, you know, like, I don't know, the Keystone Pipeline was shut down. And so there's an expectation that oil is going to be in less supply available. To right, us. right. It strengthens the hand of OPEC where they might be able to raise prices. Uh, right, sorry, it's the snowball, right. You know, all kind of things. Mm -hmm. And we, we say, okay, so that's why, you know, certainly why the price of oil went up, but that's also why the market did X or Y or whatever. But there can, there's seven and a half billion people on the earth. And 
there can be any number of things that played into. And of course, a lot of the explanation these days is the quote pandemic that's supposedly going on and, and, uh, you know, just all kinds of things that are used to explain what's happening, but nobody really knows when it gets right down to it. It's really hard to pinpoint the cause and effects of all that sort of thing. So, you know, when you look at all that's going on, a lot of these people in the financial uh, professions, they, they do a great job of convincing people because they still have programs. They still sell advertising and, and, and they begin to believe their own bylines and everything that, <laughs> that they understand it. You know, right. they know what's going on, but nobody really has a, a, an ability to do. Well, something like, like anything, that. there's, there's indicators. There's some, there's some things you could use some data. You could say that kind of leans you towards this idea but yeah, mm-hmm. and like you know, to your point of you know calling a market crash twenty years ahead of time. I mean, that's like somebody's. It's like a Boston Red Sox fan saying, "Say, I told you the Red Sox were going to win the series yeah, again. It only right. took them, you know, eighty something years to do and it." I predicted that eighty times. Right? right, exactly. So yeah, okay. And really, if you're thinking about a lesson from that, it's just too much money exposed in the markets that move without really, you know, just taking too many gambles, I guess, on that fluctuating type of world could put you in some trouble. So that's just bear yeah. that in mind. Just like anything, good percentages are good uh, portions of your money in different buckets and in different avenues. Right. Okay. Right. Most of the times, Mike, the things we argue about really aren't that important at all. That's another little dirty little secret. You can have these talking heads of any kind, including us or whatever you want to you put, wherever you want to put us, debating, you know, back and forth. One person can say, the market's going to fall, and well, it's just like right now. You know, it's propped up. It's completely, um, mm-hmm. you know, inflated right now by tech stocks or whatever the case is, and the, the things uh, a matchbox waiting to happen. You know, and then you've got another somebody on the other side saying, "No, this is why it's going to run for another five years." Right? It's yeah. always you can find whatever you're going to argue about, but often it's not really what the average person should be focusing on. Yeah, I mean, right now, you know, what the big thing is, is that um, uh, cryptocurrency, the need to have some position there, right? Yeah, yeah. uh, precious metals, you need to have some of that. There's all the whole, you know, all all kind of discussions around that and in related arenas like prepping and all kind of things. There's a lot of that kind of conversation. And, you know, I, I was just talking with a gentleman that he has a fair amount of money in silver. And at, at lunch today, and, and but but he recognized, and and I was glad he did that. In fact, this is the scenario he gave me. He said, you know, if back in the early 1900s you had five thousand dollars worth of gold, and you had taken that and you built a house with it for five thousand dollars, which mm-hmm. easily could have been done back then, a very nice house, and then today you were to sell that house. It would be you'd get back out of it as much as you would if you had held that gold that you used to build it back in the early 1900s. I'm talking about you know 1900, 1910, whatever. The gold and the house would be worth the same amount still because the gold is uh, basically has performed as inflation has performed, which is about what the house should have done, maybe whatever. Oh, now, I got you. Okay, we we know that. They don't all go in lockstep. You know, housing doesn't go up with inflation necessarily and, and gold doesn't either. But on average, it tends to kind of work out that way. So that in essence, what you did was you just kind of kept your purchasing power over that hundred years or so instead of really making money. And so, you know, his his point was, I've got it, you know, for various reasons, 
but I don't depend on it to make me be able to stay ahead of inflation because once I sell my gold or my silver in his case, now I got to pay taxes on it. Right. <laughs> and now I'm behind the, the, the game in terms of purchasing power. So, you know, there's, there's all these things that we can look at uh, that are not really the big picture. You know, the big picture is, is having your core settled and in a position where you're not having to constantly move it around to protect or to take advantage of things. You, you position it so that it's going to do well over the long haul and, and, and um, be able to provide for your income in retirement, that sort of thing. So, you know, a lot of these other things, they're side issues and they're things that often should only be taken advantage of if you want to call something like that with excess money that you don't need for retirement that could just be put aside to take care of the eventuality that might occur, but very well could not. Well, talking heads have to talk. I mean, that's right in their, that's that's right right. In their job description, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, you have to generate conversation about something. And so often if the big picture, especially, again, the big picture, not for your specific big picture is not being looked at, then you can often get hung up on focusing on those nitpicky arguments that maybe don't matter as much. So when you're working with a local or an advisor that's, you know, I guess really more where someone you can spend the time with and you can have conversations with and they know you and they get to know your family and so on and so forth. It gives you that ability to really focus on the big picture of you, right? It's the big picture of you as an individual versus those big generalities that some of the talking heads will talk about. Yeah. Bitcoin this and you know, GameStop stock that, you know, so on right. and so forth. That's right. you know, all well and good. Makes for maybe interesting, you know, half an hour TV show. But don't get trapped by the minutia of that. Keep focused on the big picture. All right. Yeah, my, my history before I really recognized the truth about how to really make money in the markets was, you know, built on trying to find the latest, greatest, hottest deal. And mm. I found that I just couldn't make money doing that. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's when I settled down and realized you, you diversify globally, you have some money in equities, depending on what your level of risk is that you're comfortable with, and you rebalance it periodically. I mean, that's how you make money. It's boring. It's all get out, but that's how investing should be. It should be boring, not some exciting <laughs> thing that right. can scare the daylights out of you one minute and make you exuberant beyond belief the next, and you're just on an emotional roller coaster. Yeah, I can't remember the person's name, but I want to say there was a Nobel Prize winner in, in finance or math or something that said, if you want excitement, go to Vegas. Yes. If you want, if you want uh, you know, predict, stability uh, in your retirement planning or your financial planning, it should be boring. It should not be exciting. Yes. Yeah. I think Par- that was Gene Fama, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe. Yeah. I'm, I'm probably, I'm probably paraphrasing a little bit there, but okay. So, you know, to your point earlier, Mike, you said, you know, people get lucky people sometimes, you know, they're going to call something out and maybe they actually hit it. You know, what you could go with the broken, uh, you know, a broken watch is right twice a day kind of analogy, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it is very difficult for the average folks of us to differentiate between skill and luck. And even mm-hmm. for, you know, you guys who look at charts and graphs and data all day long, it's still kind of difficult to figure that out. And that's why a good, well thought out plan that is really looking at having highs and lows and things built in so that one category is down and another category is up. That's the whole point of a good plan versus just trying to always pick the winners. Yeah, and I'm going to go out on a limb here because I've, I've not really looked into this, but there was a movie a few years back called The Big Short, and it was about the 2008 crash and Lehman Brothers went down in a day, mm-hmm. and uh, a, a few others too, for that matter. Or was that that wasn't 2008? I'm sorry, 2000. And the, um, the these guys that were kind of out there around Wall Street and all, they kind of started 
seeing some things and following up on it. And uh, I watched the movie. I can't remember all the details of it now, but you know, they, they had some specific things that they thought they needed to do in order to take advantage of what was getting ready to happen. They took some really aggressive positions right? and they ended up being right. And they made a boatload of money with uh, the demise of uh, some other firms and, and, and the crashing of the markets and the economy going down significantly. And, and so, you know, the question then is, well, wow, was that really a lot of skill and they, uh, and knowledge that they took advantage of that opportunity or were they really just happened to be in the right place at the right time? Well, probably a bit of both. I haven't really looked into, but I've not heard of them calling anything else since then. Yeah. True. You know, so I mean, they were one time flash in the pan got, got to have to be there. You know, you just cannot build it. Now they are starting to come back into the conversation you know, and, and people are talking about that again because they're seeming to think that we might be in that place again. And of course, that's been said not just right now with what's happening. And, and there's been a lot of uproar politically and so forth. But it's it's been being said for a number of years that we're getting ready to have the big event, the big crash and all that sort of thing. And certainly earlier in 2020, we had a big crash, but it was a real short-lived thing that rebounded very quickly and we're way ahead of the game from where we were then. So you, you just, you, you can't go be building on all these kinds of things. And by the way, nobody was saying we're getting ready to have a big crash in early 2020. They oh no. What yeah. No. Cause that. Yeah. Well, and, and really to that kind of point, Mike is the conversation of the last piece of this, which is often the bolder opinion, the more people pay attention to it. Squeaky mm-hmm. wheel gets the grease, whatever you want to call it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So and it's a great way to sell a lot of advertising, yeah. a lot of materials and services. And, all. and in the 24 hour news cycle that we live in, again, this is, you know, a good final point here on the podcast is that, you know, kind of keep that in mind it is the more outlandish the, the talking mm-hmm. point, the more it is going to generate eyeballs. Now, whether it's, you know, the right thing for you is another completely different conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Admittedly, I think I've got the best advice for people out there. I wouldn't be giving it if I didn't think it was the best thing to be doing, right? Right. And and I'm certainly no, not a big um, bravado, and I don't get television programs so I can go uh, promote this because, number one, they don't want to hear it because it's boring. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, they're again, they're trying to uh, grab eyeballs, get them glued to the TV so that they can sell what they're trying to sell. So, uh, yeah, you, you just got to. Be careful of that. I, I like this uh, conversation piece that I don't know is one of the least used phrases in the financial industry. But, Boy, is it but, ever. but many yeah. times it's the correct one. Right. And, and you know, when you're on a news program, they do not want to hear your response to their setup question. Is I don't know. Well, I don't know. Yeah. You know, now, that doesn't they mean you can't go find it. Right. It doesn't mean you can't go find it out. Right. So if you're yeah, sitting there yeah, with a right. client in front of you and they ask you a question and you don't have the answer right then, it doesn't mean you don't know how to do your job well. It just means, hey, you know what? I'm not exactly sure how that's right. going to. So let me let me do a little homework and find out. But I'll get you the answer. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Smartest thing you can say. Yeah. And, but uh, to your point, right. Not often one that people want to hear on a program, you know, mm-hmm. so if, you know, if I'm, if I'm hosting this show with you and I'm like, Hey Mike, what do you think about this? And you go, well, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> short, short show, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And I ask you the next one, you go, well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It wouldn't be a very long program. So yeah, again, we're, we're giving out generalities. We're talking in general about mm-hmm. some things a lot of times on just about, well, for every program that you hear, but if that's when it really comes back to, having the conversation about the specifics 
that affect you. Because as humans and as Americans, you know, as as people that are aging, we're getting closer to retirement, all those things. There's a lot of universal things that apply to us. Yes, we're all going to be affected by Social Security. How do you Mm. do it? What do you do? But you as an individual, what you're doing is going to be different than what I'm doing and so on and so forth. And that's where the, the conversations and the strategic planning really comes into play, right, Mike? It is. It is. And I would appreciate, Mark, if maybe you could work on the next time uh, we have a chance to talk, something that's a little more difficult so that I could say I don't know quite a few times. You got it. You got it. I will come up with a couple (laughs) of questions for you. There you go. All right, folks. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. You know, I don't know is not the worst thing to hear sometimes. It just means the person has to do a little homework and find out the best answer for you. So that's some of the financial world's dirty little secrets. If you've got some questions or concerns, need some help, don't hesitate to reach out to Mike and give him a jingle at 336-668-4338 here in the Carolinas. 336-668-4338. You can find all the information as well as subscribe to the podcast at Mike's website, spcinvesting.com. That stands for Strategic Planning Corporation spcinvesting.com or find us on Apple, Google, Spotify, and all the major podcasting platforms. Mike, my friend, have yourself a great week. Thank you so much for your time. I hope that you uh, stay safe and sane and look forward to some more spring weather. Thanks, sir. We are looking forward, so I hope you enjoy it too. Absolutely. We'll see you in April when we come back for some more episodes here on Strategic Planning with Mike Flanders. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.